This is Kyle Means, editorial director of WeAreRegalRadio.com, War Media, representing, as always, with my man, Ryan Bukovetsky, our Bears writer, our lead NFL writer and analyst for the site, and also a producer of the Dia Davis show. Uh, we'll get talk more about that later. But uh, right now, this is the All 32 podcast for week two of the NFL season. Me and Ryan going over all 32 teams, skipping and hopscotching all over the league, division to division, matchup after matchup. We uh, lay it all out for you what's happened with the, with the league this week. And um, yeah, we'll just give you our best and worst of the divi- of the divisions, and uh, you know who's making momentum, who's uh, you know stalling a little bit, you know, and who's uh, going in the trash. You know, it's still a little early to put teams in the trash, so uh, you know, uh, you know, anticipate that coming in the weeks ahead. But with week two here, we still got some uh, some revealing things, some. You know, teams showing more of themselves. Uh, you know, and um, you know, some are doing some are doing better than others, of course. You know, uh, you definitely don't want to start out on two in any NFL season. That's a tough hole to come out of. And uh we'll definitely get into that a little bit when we talk about the Bears uh coming up here. But uh, you know, you 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 know, you wanna get you wanna get to that place early on where you you uh, have something to draw from as a winner. You know, losing your first two games is no, I says no good. And I think when we look at the teams who have lost first their first two games, you know, you're looking at or you know having won their first two games. There are a couple of teams who are who have tied already. You know, when you're looking at those teams. You're looking at teams that are definitely not in the running as 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 we're talking now about playoffs and stuff like that and you know with a in a in a league like the NFL where parity is king and so many teams have a chance to you know at least compete for the playoffs every year you know it's kind of tough to be in the middle of September and already talking about next year or talking about uh you know looking at draft picks and stuff like that so you know uh that's uh that's kind of the overall outlook as we, uh, you know, I hand it off to Ryan. And, uh, you know, Ryan, I, you know, before we get into the the specific games, uh, what, what do you, what were your overall take on the week of this second week of the year and everything? And, uh, you know, what was uh, stuck out to you about everything that developed? Yeah, Kyle, I think uh, one of the big things, probably the biggest things, were the injuries to the star quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees. And I think it was announced that Drew Brees is going to miss at least the next six weeks with a torn ligament. And Ben Roethlisberger is uh, supposedly done for the year and probably will have to have elbow surgery. And I I wonder if that leaves his career somewhat in doubt because he's hinted at, uh, at retirement before. I know he signed a contract extension. So it's not necessarily likely that he will, but I just wonder if maybe uh, go through a surgery that allegedly he didn't want to have to do, if that's going to put some career doubt, but I guess that's more so for down the road. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's been uh, an interesting couple of weeks where I think we've seen a lot of parody across the league. 
and eventually some of these really good teams are going to really stand out. And some of them already have, like Kansas City and New England. And they've really handled their business and looked pretty darn good. And then you look at, like, Dallas and the NFC and some of the other teams that we're going to talk about. But overall, I would say uh, there's a lot of teams that are going to compete week in and week out. And it really is just one of those week-to-week leagues. And it's going to be, I think, especially so this year. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so much unexpected can happen week to week. We know that from years of watching the NFL and, you know, starting with those those quarterback injuries, you know. You know, I I, uh, I told people last week to bet on uh, the uh, Saints to at least cover in L.A. But uh, when, you know, uh, when Breeze went down, that was out of the question. And uh, you know, I- they – and Kyle, I don't know if you heard, but on uh, on Fox when they do their pregame, they're doing this like Super Six challenge where uh, a fan can win like two hundred and fifty thousand if he picks the same games that the the hosts do and like correctly picks out the scores or the spread. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday they were down to one person in North Dakota still alive, and he needed the Saints to beat the Rams. So man, he's feeling that pain just like you are. Oh man, yeah, worse than me, man. I, <laughs> I would think, but yeah, that yeah, that's pretty bad right there, man. But yeah, the, you know, Saints, you know, they they still, I guess they still had uh, you know, they got more material to argue about now when it comes to the refs coming out of yesterday's game. But they really need to focus on getting Teddy Bridgewater uh, up to the challenge now. For uh, you know these weeks ahead, because you know their season really could be torpedoing. And you know before we get into the these the recaps here, you know Roethlisberger is interesting. You know uh, I remember Deion Sanders after last week, he said that he, you know he thought that Roethlisberger wouldn't retire before wouldn't wouldn't make it through the the end of the season. You know he might retire before the end of the season and. Uh, you know, I guess I guess Deion is a guy who's kind of plugged throughout the league. So, you know, this this may be you know some type of prophecy fulfilling itself with Big Ben, and uh, you know, it's pretty pretty interesting how uh, you know that's changing the whole landscape of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh can't even get their their guy Landry Jones back now because he's in the XFL, so they they're scrambling for a quarterback right now. Yeah, and I mean, they uh, controversially, I think, what was it, two years ago in the 2018 draft, uh, they, uh, you know, decided to go with Mason Rudolph in the early rounds, and everyone wondered if that was a smart decision versus getting another player that could help out Ben Roethlisberger and the team, but the team wanted to have some kind of option just in case, and now it's coming true. It's probably a good thing that they got Mason Rudolph, and you know, he was looked at highly by some, lowly by others. It's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out with him uh, being a couple years developing in that system. And, and they're one of those teams that seemingly develops quarterbacks, maybe doesn't have the best ones all the time, but they know what they're doing when it comes to quarterback development. And he played, uh, you know, decent for a guy coming off the bench. Definitely better than Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah. And that's why you do stuff like that, though. You talk about drafting the quarterback and – you know, at, at certain points, you have to have some foresight there because if you don't have a quarterback ready, you know, usually when you when you need a quarterback, you need a quarterback. And it happens, you know, via injury. It happens 
you know, age, people falling off, but it, it usually happens suddenly. And if you don't, if you don't have a guy ready right there at that moment, then you're, you're as you as a team are entering a period where you know you're going to have some tough times. You're going to have a transit transition period that may not uh, garner a lot of wins for you. So if you want to avoid that, if you're especially if you're a franchise like Pittsburgh, which typically is in the playoff hunt, you got to have another guy ready to step up right away. And now I don't know if that guy's going to be Rudolph, you know, over the long period. But, you know, like you say, he, he at least showing a little something. He's a he's an older guy, too. And like, uh... Yeah, I don't think he's especially young for a prospect. I think he was in like uh, kind of like an older senior coming out uh, in the first place and then sitting a couple of years. And, you know, I think you're just completely right with what you're saying, how it's critical to constantly make sure that you're spending resources at that quarterback position because you want that thing strong. If you have a huge dip in quarterback play, I mean, that's the biggest thing that can get your season tanked. And, you know, we'll see how it goes with Mason Rudolph. But I I tell you, I think they actually have a chance still to compete versus if Landry Jones was there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, let's get to the – our uh, uh, individual game breakdowns, our division breakdowns as well. And, um, you know, I think I'm going to start actually in the NFC West this week because, you know, this division is pretty, you know, arguably is obviously one of the best starts. You look at the four teams in the West, and, uh, you know, of course we were talking about the the Ram, the big game, the Rams and the Saints, which we unfortunately couldn't see here in Chicago because the Bears are playing at the same time. You know, even you know, even though that game in LA didn't turn out to be much, <laughs> the game, the the, the Bears and Denver game was a bit of a snooze too. But we'll get into that. But uh, the Rams, like you said, uh, pulled off the win, and and uh, uh, they were against the Saints. You know, to my chagrin, and to that that guy in North Dakota's chagrin. And uh, you know, they starting off two and zero, so a good start for them. Uh, it was a 27-9 final there in, in the Coliseum. Uh, look at the rest of the division. Seahawks went on the road and got the big win. You know, the Steelers, again, uh, to our main story, Steelers, you know, uh, lose Roethlisberger. Still competed well. You know, I thought the Steelers were going to win that game. If they had Roethlisberger, you know, they probably would have won that game. They only lost uh, by two points. 28-26 there. Uh, but the Seahawks, again, 2-0 as well. So they're keeping pace with with the Rams. Also keeping pace and doing it big in their first two games is the 49ers. They go on the road. Again, in a, a hostile, well, not the Cincinnati ain't hostile, what am I talking about? But, you know, they, they traveled across the country at least. AFC North team, they go in the Cincinnati, like I said, the Bengals and whooped them 41 to 17. That's a very surprising score, maybe the most surprising of the week. And um, then the fourth team in the division, the Cardinals, they uh, play competitively against the Ravens, only lost by six, 23 to 17. A nice, uh, nice pick there. If you went with the Cardinals against the spread, I think the Ravens were, uh, you know, about a nine point favorite. 9.5 favorite going into that one. So, you know, Cardinals get, got under that, and they played, like I said, they played pretty well. You had the big 
quarterback uh, matchup there with Kyler Murray uh, against a you know former Heisman winner against another former Heisman winner and um, Jackson, uh, you know Lamar Lamar Jackson, and uh, he had another great game. Uh, we'll talk more about that as we go into the AFC North. But uh, no Cardinals take the loss, but acquitted themselves for a second straight week pretty well. Uh, let's say competitively. So you look at that. Like look at this AFC uh, NFC West. Uh, three teams at two and zero, oh, and a, a zero one and one team in the Cardinals that. You know, sort of played above their heads in the first two weeks. So, you know, I I would say up and down a pretty competitive division. Yeah, and you know, looking at the highlight, I'll definitely pick one specifically, but I'm really tempted to give it to all of them just based on what you said. Uh, there was really no bad performance, and that's including the Cardinals losing. Because I'm I'm with you. I, I expected little to nothing from this Cardinals team, and I think at least through the first two weeks, this Cliff Kingsbury experiment is working not too bad, and especially going to Baltimore. It's one thing to come back against the Lions at home. It's another thing to go on the road and come back in Baltimore against a team that's really confident in themselves after destroying Miami in week one. So uh, overall, uh, a really good week. Uh, But the highlight, I think, especially has got to be Seattle. Uh, I thought that they looked pretty underwhelming week one and they were certainly I think my low light because of how underwhelming they looked against that Cincinnati team and there's big question marks still about the offensive line and some of the things on the the defensive secondary but overall to go into Pittsburgh a team that was desperate to uh, come out and have a good performance after getting whooped against New England they're at home, uh, you know, having Big Ben for at least the first half, and they, they really couldn't do much with him. And overall just got completely shut down by Seattle. And Russell Wilson looked like a true MVP-type quarterback with some of the throws he made down the stretch. And I think they even had a controversial offensive pass interference call that went against them, and they still continue to battle and create enough plays, both offense and defensively, to win the game. And if Pittsburgh gave them an opportunity, they took advantage. So they would probably be my highlight of the week for this NFC West. It's a good pick, man. You know, like you say, uh, the uh, on the with the offense, that quarterback Russell, man, he's just he's just amazing, man. He's, you know, put up great numbers again. Like uh, that uh, yesterday, twenty nine of thirty five completions, three hundred yards passing, and three touchdowns. They're getting good balance. You know, run runs run attack is good and balanced. And they have they have weapons there, and their defense. You know, they gave up twenty six points, but uh, you know, looking at Pittsburgh stats, their run game wasn't you know pretty, wasn't particularly impressive at all. And Connor led them with uh, only 33 yards of rushing on 11 carries. Uh, you know, they got the ball around, you know, in the air quite a bit. But they don't seem to have much weaponry in, in, in Pittsburgh right now beyond, you know, Juju. And, you know, uh, you know with, with, if Ben isn't the one distributing the ball, they're definitely going to take a hit with their offense. But, you know, that helped, that definitely helped Seattle. Uh, hold them down, but you know they they did what they they did what they had to do. You know, again, a tough tough assignment for them traveling out to Pittsburgh second week of the season, but uh, they got the job done. So that's definitely a good pick there for best in the division. I would 
give my give my credit, my top credit to uh the 49ers. You know, just you know, the Bengals were the Bengals aren't a team to sleep on necessarily. I thought they would uh, you know, take this game, but the 49ers were just completely impressive there. Garoppolo looked better this week than he did in the first week. They got a big performance from Matt Breda running uh, you know, two big performances actually out, out of that backfield with him and Raheem Monster. You know, they they it looks like they controlled the ball quite well, ran the ball well, and uh, you know, they got a you know, they got a, they got something there with the with their defense, especially their front seven. You know, people have been talking about their their attack there with uh you know, Buckner and, you know, Solomon Thomas, you know, some of some of these guys out there, they got D Ford and picked up over in over in the uh in the off season and this 49ers team doesn't look like like they, they look like they're ready to compete again. And uh you know it's definitely been a, a great first two weeks for them picking off uh two two teams that you know sort of ready to, to be picked off but that's how that's how you build up yourself in the NFL. You got to beat those teams that you know you can beat, and um, you know use that confidence and to to raise you up and get you up uh, get you up for those tougher assignments to come. So definitely, uh, I think a, a lot of encouraging things we're seeing from San Francisco. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that they're a team to keep an eye out for. And in terms of uh, my low light of the week, I, I think I'm going to go with the Rams. And it's it's tough to go and say that, but I don't know about you, Kyle, but the first couple weeks of the season, they look a little off or like they're missing something. I know the defense has been pretty good, but I, I would think defenses are a little bit further ahead than offenses right now because – most teams just didn't play their offenses in the preseason. But regardless of that fact, it just seems like they're a little bit more beatable than they've been the last couple years. And so even though it's hard to find a low light in this division, because I, I wouldn't necessarily say they're a low light, but that's definitely something that caught my eye. In the I, I'm with you, man. I, you know, I, like I said, I had them trying for a loss this week in this, in this particular game. I thought uh, the Saints – are a bit, I thought the Saints were a better team right now, and that they were going to be motivated to win. But you know, they had they took the hit with uh with Breeze, and that you know set everything up for the Rams. You know, it's good for them that they got that they got this this two and zero start, and they got the situation that that they're that they're in. But I you know we we definitely got to keep an eye on them going forward. I I think right now. If you look at that division and who's played the best, the two best games, you know, after two weeks, you know, I would put the Rams at third after San Francisco and Seattle as far as who had, who's had the best two weeks. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, I, I don't think there's any other way to look at that. But, but again, they have, you know, you wrote it in, in the piece that uh, is going up now on we on we are the radio in regards to the Bears, it doesn't matter how ugly or pretty the win is. You know, win is a win in the, in the NFL. So, you know, that's they got that to take from them. Yeah, and uh, I, I would agree with you. I, maybe you could argue Rams above San Fran, but San Fran's been better 
quality opponent has been better for the Rams, but I'm with you that the Rams don't look like the best team in the West. So far, I would say Seattle has impressed me the most, or maybe even San Fran a little bit above the Rams. I think you could argue either way, but certainly you expected a punch from the Rams being a Super Bowl uh, runner-up and being a team with the young McVay and the developing Jared Goff, it just it hasn't yeah, looked yeah. quite I, right. Yeah, yet. Uh, I, yeah, I, I would say the, the the rating that I have is, is based strictly on the output, and you know, but you know, even with the even where you look at the the competition, you know, we saw this week, you know, we saw this week with uh, this Thursday with the Panthers, they're. You know they're particularly weak right now, and uh, you know uh, the Rams barely beat them in Week One, and the Rams this week benefited quite a bit from the injury of the Breeze. So, you know we, you know they like I said they're two and zero. It doesn't matter how they got there, but it's kind of a shaky two and zero if you ask me right now. But, yeah. yeah, completely. Let's with uh, you. move over as we uh, keep going in the NFC. Uh, let's go to the South as we uh, talk a bit about the Rams uh, and the Saints and the Rams already. Um, you know, Saints, like I said, take the loss. They're not 27-9 in L.A., so they're down 1-1. And uh, two other teams in the division, uh, Tampa Bay and Carolina, had the Thursday night game. Tampa Bay with the win there, 20-14. to So they got their first win of the season. Panthers fall to 0-2. And the final team in the division is the Atlanta Falcons. They played on Sunday night and edged out the Eagles 24-20. So big win for the Falcons there. And, uh, you know, they actually their one-on-one came, you know, took the loss in week one, a, a very lackluster effort against uh, Minnesota. But they uh, rebounded the beat another contending team in the NFC at home. Uh, so, you know, the pretty big win there for, uh, again, for Atlanta, one-and-one. One. Uh, every, every, uh, everybody's one-and-one one there except for Carolina, who's on two. So uh, what do you pick out as, uh, you know, the momentum getters there in that, in that division right now? Yeah, um, you know, Tampa would be kind of high up there. I, I really didn't expect much. I've, I actually thought going into the year the Panthers might be an underrated team, and so far they've definitely proved me wrong. So I don't know how to judge that victory, but definitely solid, uh, you know, definitely on the road on a Thursday night where it seems like anything can happen on Thursday nights, especially after uh, week one when you're just you're trying to recover for that next Sunday and suddenly you got to play a game. But uh, my highlight, I'm going to go with Atlanta because with the development of really last Sunday to this point, when they just got absolutely destroyed by Minnesota, I was wondering, is this kind of the same old Falcons team, aside from a couple seasons where they went to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship, but where they're, they seem to get wins, but they're just not that good of a team and, and really fall apart when the competition is very stiff. And then you go into Sunday, Drew Brees has the, the issue with his hand, and suddenly the, the division overall looks very winnable, and Atlanta takes at least advantage of their first opportunity against a team that I think is very good in the Philadelphia Eagles, and they find a way to get it done at home. 
and really looked like sort of the better team, but just kind of missed a lot of opportunities in that game and could have really made that one, I think, a laugher had they uh, executed a little bit better. But they've got to be feeling good about themselves, especially knowing that the division is way more wide open. So I'll get. Kyle? Yeah, I sorry. You dropped out. Yeah, I got a phone call. Okay. Um, So I would say Atlanta is definitely uh, my highlight of the week for the NFC South. Uh, They got to be feeling really good about themselves. Yeah, I agree with you. They uh, in a similar position to uh, as far as, uh, you know, most 0-1 teams coming out of week one, they're probably in one of the most enviable positions that they got to play at home, uh, even though they were playing against a tough team in the Eagles. But, uh, you know, they, they made good on it. And, you know, looking at Matt Ryan's numbers, there's a little bit too, uh, too many interceptions on his, on his side. Uh, you know, he had three of those, but he had three touchdowns as well, 320 yards on uh, 27 or 43. But, uh, you know, that's, though they, they're making use of their air attack. Not much from the running game. But their defense, I think their defense was pretty, pretty uh solid, especially against that Eagles team that was we know can air it out as well. They didn't really do much special last night, and um, you know they their running game too is struggling as well of those Eagles. But uh, you know it, it's not, it's it's definitely definitely a, like I said, good win for Atlanta, and you know as you said with. The, the issue now with Breeze and New Orleans, that the, and you know with Tampa, maybe they're maybe they could be improved this year, but you, you can't expect them to be a, a worse to first team at the moment. They you know the division has really opened up for the Falcons, so you know if they didn't win last night, that would have been a big missed opportunity for them. As it were, they got the win. They're at least you know on the same level with. New Orleans right now, and uh, they like I said, we gotta see going forward how how that'll shape up in the South. Uh, well, you well, you know the worst. Uh, well, I guess you know how. What would you put as as your worst in this division before we move on? I think I gotta go Carolina uh, for some of the reasons that I said before. I thought that this is a team that you know, especially when they picked up Gerald McCoy. They got a lot of really good players on the defensive line. It looked like they improved their offensive line. Sure, they don't have necessarily a ton of weapons, but they had Greg Olson still, Christian McCaffrey, and some of these speedsters at wide receiver, and all things were good for Cam Newton. I thought that this team was definitely poised to come out with some attitude and and get back to kind of playing uh, Panthers-style football with some big plays downfield and really controlling the game with the run and uh, playing terrific defense from Ron Rivera's side. And so far it's just been a disaster and started, uh, you know, week one, but it continued into week two primarily when they lost to Tampa. And there was just so many opportunities for them to win that game or come back. And, you know, like you said, Tampa may in fact be an improved team, but I didn't think Winston looked great. I didn't think Tampa looked great. That looked like a game where, the Panthers should have somehow edged it out since they were the home team, but 
uh, home teams didn't have a lot of success this week, and and certainly the Panthers have to be my low light for the NFC South. Yeah, you're right, Ryan. They the Panthers should have won that game. They looked particularly feeble in the red zone late in that game, and you know, looking at those plays where you know Cam is just he's not throwing the ball with any type of confidence or you know any type of particular. Uh, veracity and velocity, I should say, probably, or veracity. Man. But uh, he's, he's not throwing the ball well. He's not he's not running. He's probably hurt again. And, you know, it's, it's really disappointing because the Panthers, like you said, their defense can carry them. But if they're not, they're not getting the, the type of run game that they want, you know, and Newton's, uh, Newton's not the guy who is going to just air raid you would you know and bomb you no know, bomb opposing teams like that. He's he's gotta be he's gotta be uh physically capable to carry his to carry that offense, even though he doesn't have to do it as much as he has in the past. But you know, you don't want McCaffrey, even though he's swift, he's not a guy who you want to, you know, be the to be the number one option like in a late late game fourth, you know, they was they was putting him out there on the edge, and he can't outrun guys like that. He was getting knocked around, you know, even on the edge trying to get around Tampa Bay. And when they got to the red zone, those plays where he was just getting pushed out of bounds, like it just it wasn't a good look for them. So you know they they just look kind of feeble right now, and definitely uh, the least the team with the least momentum in that division and with an zero two start. And they lost. They've lost their first two games at home. Like, right? How bad is that? That's not. That's not a good look at all. So you are. You're already down two games. Down two home games, and you didn't get a win out. So, you now their playoff chances are looking pretty dim already. Yeah, and you know it was certainly a tough decision because Drew Brees and the Saints. That's got to be up there for low light. But I, I want to kind of. I guess give it a little time because even though I, I have some worries about the Drew Brees injury because they don't have the same running game that they had a year ago. If Mark Ingram was here in New Orleans, sure. I would definitely think that they would have a much better chance of surviving the Drew Brees injury. But the step down, I think, in Latavius Murray, or at least until he gets really acclimated with the system, and Alvin Kamara, he is sort of like a Christian McCaffrey with maybe more speed, but he is just not a guy that you can hand the rock off to and let him just dominate on the ground. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is you just know that Sean Payton is a very smart football coach, and he has had a lot of time with Teddy Bridgewater, and I think that he's going to be able to put him in some better positions to succeed this week and diversify the offense in a way that maybe they can survive a little bit without Drew Brees, and they still have that defense, and that defense is playing lights out for the most part so far this year and they've got guys that can be playmakers both on the outside on offense and on defense and on the interior so they're not up you know the creek without a paddle but uh, certainly a contender for low light because that's going to be a big loss no doubt about it yeah definitely definitely and uh well said there Ryan and uh like when it comes down to it like you say uh, Sean Payton is worthy of a little benefit of the doubt, you know, more so than I would put Ron Rivera, uh, you know, especially given that Peyton's issue 
uh, regarding his offense. And, you know, we know how much of a mastermind he is with offense, where Rivera's dealing with, again, with a lot of the same stuff that he's been dealing with uh, during his time there uh, in Carolina, you know, an, an offense. You know, he's a defensive guy with an offense that just can't figure it out. So, But um, let's move on to the NFC East. Then we'll do the, the North to finish out the NFC. But uh, look at the East. Uh, another, uh, you know, couple of East teams, intra-division rivalry, some of the oldest and most storied rivalries in the league on the NFC East. And uh, definitely one of those is the Cowboys and the Slurs in Washington. Cowboys winning that one pretty easy, 31-21. Again, off to a, as good a start as they could imagine, I would think, in Dallas, even with all the commotion and stuff of the offseason. Sort of typical with that franchise, but, you know, as, as, you know they've been able to take advantage of a couple of uh, division rivals in the first two weeks, less stable teams than them, uh, apparently. And, you know, they've uh, gotten the job done. So they're 2-0. Uh, Washington, unfortunately, drops to 0-2. And then that's another team like Carolina had two games at home and they've lost them both. So, uh, you know, we look at – I think – was that week one game? In, no, well, that week one game was in Philly, my bad. But uh, there were still two games against familiar foes, at least. And, uh, you know, they almost pulled that one out the first week against Philly. But this one, they just didn't really have much of a chance against, against Dallas. And that, that will be the Bears' next opponent uh, next Monday night in Washington. Uh, and look at the other teams. Of course, Philly, we just talked about them uh, taking a loss in Atlanta. Uh, you know, they – didn't play very well throughout the majority of that game, but they still had a chance at the end, and they couldn't uh, figure it out. So uh, kind of a lost opportunity for Philadelphia to you know, escape a win with a win on the road against a solid NFC competitor. But uh, they still are one and one you know, just, you know, uh, sort of in the middle of things like, you know, most of the teams in the league. So, uh, so we'll see about them. And the final team, of course, in the division is those Giants, which uh, had a, you know, a pretty competitive game with the Bills overall. But, uh, you know, I think they just don't have enough to even match up with Buffalo right now, which is saying a lot. And, uh, you know, Giants fell 28-14 there. And, uh, yeah, just uh, – you know, pretty – I think, you know, you look at the results pretty much going as you would expect in the East. Uh, you know, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this division right now? Yeah, I would say highlight has got to be Dallas uh, for a lot of the things you pointed out, the controversy of the start of the season, but everything has looked great. You can see the talent on both sides of the ball. They've got uh, Travis Fredericks back at center, who is going to really help improve that offensive line. And you're seeing that. You're seeing more weapons around Dak and a better use of the passing game to go along with that still smash mouth 
run game. They've got talent on defense. Uh, they're uh, they're looking like the best team in the NFC, in my opinion, right now. And uh, if the Cowboys continue to show and Dak Prescott continue to show what they've done, uh, they're going to be a really tough team to beat. And I would say the second best team right now in that division is Philly. I picked them to win that division, but they can't afford to get too far behind this Dallas team because I don't know if they're going to be able to catch up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, 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 Dallas is obviously the best team in the division, and you know, it's sad to say, like they may be the best in the NFC. So we're going to be hearing a lot from the Cowboys nation, I think, over the course of this season, a lot of bragging and boasting for them. But, you know, when they play the way that they played these two weeks, they, they sort of deserve it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you've seen some really good stuff from Kellen Moore. Obviously, Dak, what does he have, like seven touchdown passes in the first couple weeks? Yeah. I mean, he is he's playing tremendous. He's getting the ball downfield. He's leading scoring drives. They've really destroyed two opponents that they should have beaten in the Giants and Washington. And they've done an excellent job of just doing all the things that you need to do and see. Uh, I mean, they've just they're just checking all the boxes and sometimes getting, uh, you know, a different check or check check to show how impressive they've been. But there's just not a lot of holes and weaknesses right now. I think uh, certainly and you saw it last year with Matt Nagy and the Bears. You know, maybe around week 10, teams start figuring out what Kellen Moore is trying to do. And then it'll be up to that Cowboys team to adjust to the way that uh, defenses adjust to them. Okay. Yeah, so as far as the words go, are we going to pick on the Giants again or is there anything else? No, I would actually, I'm going Eagles for my low light of the week for them. I, okay. I thought that they looked just really average against Atlanta. And we talked about it when we we're talking about the South. Atlanta, you know, they gave the ball away a few times. They didn't play particularly impressive on offense or defense, but at least on offense, they showed some big play potential. And, you know, for Philly, they had a lot of people go down, which really scares me because of how many injuries they had last year. I thought one of their strengths was having their depth, and that might be the only thing that keeps them alive if some of these injuries come back as negatively as uh, potentially could be because they lost Deshaun Jackson, they lost Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, they already lost Malik Jackson, and I believe Timmy Jernigan was announced that he's going to be out indefinitely with a broken foot. I mean, you're talking some big-time players for them, and now guys are going to have to step up. And Carson Wentz even went out of that game due to the concussion protocol, but he was taking some major hits. I mean, big-time shots. And I worry about if he's going to be able to stay healthy all year. And, you know, they have a, a new backup quarterback. I think it's Nick Sudfeld, and, you know, maybe he's a good player. I think he flashed a little bit at times when he had to go in for emergency work for Nick Foles last year. But, man, oh, man, uh, you know, if the Eagles are going to get decimated as they are, and they even lost Jason Peters for a little bit, I don't know if that's a big injury or something to be concerned about. But they're a team that I thought uh, – you know, just really laid an egg and had another game where it was very winnable and just silly mistakes when they, you know, needed a long fourth down at the end of the game there, you know, throwing the ball before the sticks, you know, guys dropping passes, but also, you know, Carson Wentz throwing guys into coverage where they're just getting smacked around by the secondary of the, the Falcons. It just looked 
disorganized. And really the best that the Philadelphia Eagles looked was either at the end when Carson Wentz was bringing him back or that little section where Josh McCown was playing and he seemingly was moving the chains, unlike what the Eagles were doing to that point in time. Yeah, McCown had – he had like the one drive, right? He's uh, looking at the numbers. He's three or five for 24 yards. Yeah, he didn't even have a full drive. Carson Wentz came back in in that drive, and I think they got a field goal out of it. But he was the one that kind of took over around the 50-yard line or something and was able to march them down into the red zone. Sure, sure. Yeah, Wentz overall, 231 yards on uh, 25 or 43 passing. Two interceptions, only one touchdown. And he yeah. could have had more interceptions, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was definitely a rough, rough goal added all around for Philly. And those injuries, like that, that's a major list of potential injuries or and in, in actual injuries for that team already. And that's definitely, definitely feel that it's going to affect their long term. It could potentially affect their long term plans for this season. If uh, you know, if some of these guys stay hobbled, but uh, you know, I it it sort of takes a little bit of the responsibility out too. You know, I know you, you mentioned some of the plan, you mentioned some of the uh, the calling game calls and stuff that they made in during the game, but you know, when you look at this team not having Jackson and Jeffrey available, you know, throughout the point of, throughout the course of the game, you know, and they only lose by four. That's you know, there's something to say about that at least. You know, Wentz. You know, if you figure if he had at least one of those guys, he would have had a chance to at least get another score that would have tipped the game in their favor. But you know, he didn't have them, so it's a it's a tough. So, so you have a mix of the tough breaks, but as well with, with the disappointing play. But those tough breaks are all a part of the game. And if you're talking about you know, injuries, you know, every team has to deal with them at some point. You definitely don't want to deal with them at week two like like that. Yeah, and, you know, I would probably pick either Washington or the Giants to be my low light, but I thought that they played, you know, as expected or competitively enough that I didn't think that they deserved necessarily the low light. But the thing that I think killed me the most with the Eagles was how many opportunities – the the Falcons either missed on like deep bombs downfield for touchdowns or how many opportunities they gave them with the two interceptions and if they had any other uh, turnovers in that game. So, you know, it was an ugly game, I thought, played by both teams. And I, even still with the injuries, Carson Wentz is there, you know, driving your team down the field with a chance to win plenty of time has uh, at least a Pro Bowl tight end in Zach Ertz, and Nelson Aguilar was playing well, along with, uh, you know, the great system that Doug Peterson has and his overall talent. And it, it's not that he didn't play well. That that pass, I think it was on fourth down even, or just to even get the first down where his knees were just above the ground right when he threw the ball. I mean, that was big time. But uh, just too many misses where it just, you know, it almost felt – Sort of like Mitch Trubisky. I know it was much better than Mitch, but it was just like for every good, there seemed to be a bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you though. Uh, it's a good pick. I was worried. Well, yes, I mentioned the Giants because I think it was it would be it'd be easy to pick on them, and you know there may be times this year where we have to pick them for work. 
in the NFC East, but this wasn't necessarily that week, you know. And uh, you know, I, I'm glad that you would that you brought up the Eagles as far as that goes because they they do have some uh, some soul searching they might need to do right now. But uh, no looking at some other teams that may that may need soul searching or came awful close to needing soul searching, the Bears. A uh, big escape job for them in Denver, winning 16-14 as we go into the NFC North. Uh, they say one and one, one for the Bears. You know, uh, you can read now. It's available on weareregalradio.com, the three and out piece by Ryan. You know, Eddie Pinero was a he- big hero. You know, the team Bears have gone from being a good team a very good team with a kicker that they didn't deserve to be a mediocre team with a kicker that they didn't deserve for opposite reasons. And, uh, you know, they, they, uh, like I say they, they survived that one. And, uh, they said we'll get into that more to that in a bit, but, uh, running down the other scores in the division, you had the Vikings and Packers and that, uh, that rivalry there, uh, ever, they say ever heated, between Minnesota and, and uh, Wisconsin, uh, 21-16, the Packers get the better of uh, the Vikings in Green Bay. And the, uh, Detroit's able to pick up their first win of the season, edging out the L.A. Chargers 13-10 at home. So, uh, you know, big win for them. They should, they should be 2-0. They got the schedule set up that they could be two and zero, but they're not because they're the Lions. So uh, that's how that goes. But uh, Vikings could be two and zero, but uh, they, you know, so they big. Uh, I would say a big missed opportunity. If they want to compete with the Bears and the and the Packers in the division. The Packers coming out of the first two weeks looking good, two and zero, two division wins. And, um, you know, they got to – I would imagine that you may agree with – they got to be the best in the division right now. That's literally everything. Yeah, I definitely think they are playing the best uh, football in the division. But in terms of highlight, I am going to go with the Bears. And the only reason why I'm going with the Bears is because literally that one second went from – giving yourself a chance at winning the division, getting back to the playoffs versus basically no chance. And it would have been, it was just such a momentous moment for potentially their season moving forward that I'll give it slightly to the bears. Certainly you could put the Packers there, but the one thing I would say about the Packers that I don't know if this is concerning or if this is no big deal, but they came out guns blazing against Minnesota and were up 21 zero with about, uh, just a minute into the second quarter, and they didn't score a lick after that. Yeah. And Minnesota absolutely took over the game, both defensively and offensively, but they just couldn't stop shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, it was a really interesting game to watch. I was glad I was watching that one. And uh, just seeing how everything played out, definitely the Packers are the best team in the division, definitely are in the, the best spot as of right now. But uh, – I would want, uh, you know, looking ahead, they have got to figure out, I think, some consistency on offense, uh, especially if teams start figuring out what they're doing defensively. 
Yeah, you're right, Ryan. The Vikings should have come back to win that game. And the fact that they didn't says a lot about them, and I think it says a lot about uh, Cousins. And, um, you know, there's there's really no one to fear. Like, I, you know, I give I give the Packers their props for starting out 2-0, but they're not a team necessarily to fear, especially, I think, if, if you're the Bears and you have the defense that you have. And uh, even, even if you're Minnesota, you have the defense that they have. The problem, though, is – we know when we look at Minnesota as both Minnesota and Chicago is the uh, inconsistent offenses and the quarterbacks who are proved, not proving themselves in either case to be re- as reliable as you need them to be. But with the Bears, at least the special teams has improved and the special teams got them through that game in Denver, namely Eddie Pinero. And I'll, I'll single out Pinero as the best thing in the division for this week. Uh, you know, he he was steely. He hit two kicks over 50 yards. He's a competitor, which we saw no sign of that in Cody Parker last year. He's a he's a man of faith. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he, 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 he feels he got God on his side. So, you know, the Bears can use that. They can use anything. And, and the fact, like you said, that game came down to one second, literally. And the fact that, you know, it was it was it was two things. It was Robinson getting on the ground immediately, and it was Trubisky making sure that they that they knew that the refs knew that he made that uh, you know that timeout call. So you know in that way the Bears looked more of a, of a they looked like more of a competitively savvy team than we that we could give them credit for coming out of Week One, and. Uh, you know, it's it's good to see. It's a it's it was like you said the difference between probably throwing this season in the trash and uh, you know being able to have some hope coming into week three, which again will be against a very winnable team in in Washington. So you know the Bears can come out two and one in their first three weeks. You you're already starting to forget about how disappointing the opener was and you're looking at a team with a winning record again who could who could keep building. But you had to get this win this week and you know there was and they managed to do that by some form of God's grace apparently and, and the big boot of uh, Eddie Pinero. Yeah, funny how faithful the kickers of Chicago have been lately. I thought uh Jesus basically uh, made Cody Parkey miss those kicks from the way that he sounded. And uh, Eddie is the one making them. So go figure how that works. But, you know, I'm glad you point as Eddie Pinheiro as the main highlight, because I I think that's definitely more accurate than the Bears. The Bears overall did not look good. It it was a Lovey Smith type game. Defense, special teams, run the ball and do enough to win. And certainly that's a winning formula and something that they can lean on worst case scenario because they have that defense and it looks at least for the time being that they have solved the issue at kicker. And overall, I thought their special teams played solid enough where you don't look at them as a a big weakness like you did before. It just can they get that offense going, you know, 29 rushes for 153 yards is solid and good, but Part of that was because of the Cordell Patterson run, who got 46 on one of those attempts. And Montgomery had about 3.4 yards of carry. But the point was they committed to the run, which was the bigger thing and the more impressive thing that Matt Nagy was able to really do 
a sort he did a really a 50 50 split because one of the run attempts is Mitch taking off and running. If he had thrown it, it would have been exactly 28 28. So, you know, if he, they can just take another step forward and be a, and find something in their passing game that they can consistently go to to mix in with what they can do on the ground and uh, what the rest of the team does, they're certainly going to be in a position to win or at least be in a lot of games. And it's going to be up to really if Mitch can take that extra step. Definitely, definitely. And uh, before we get out of the North, uh, worse, are, are we both looking at Minnesota as the worst? Then? Because, I am. Yeah, you know, I definitely they, am looking at them. Uh, you know, Detroit, I, I would – they are in the conversation for highlight. Want to just point them out. That's a team that, you know, they lined all over themselves week one, but they came back with a really strong defensive performance against uh, a potent Chargers offense, and they were able sure. to win that game. But in terms of the low light, it's got to be Minnesota, and maybe even specifically uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I mean, he did the exact same thing that Mitch did, throwing that interception. I mean – I don't know if they would have scored there for sure, but being in that position, getting your team to that position after all the things that have happened. And, you know, the announcers said like every call was going against Minnesota. I thought that that was sort of accurate for whatever reason. It felt like everything was going green Bay's way, even though Minnesota was seemingly the one outperforming because they, after that first quarter, it was pretty much their game. They were able to completely shut down the Packers who were able to even run the ball decently effective. And that meant shop, shutting down Aaron Rodgers and shutting down Devontae Adams, who was lights out in that first half. And the Minnesota Vikings did that. They were able to run the ball. They got the big play from Dalvin Cook. It was all set. And even uh, uh, Kirk Cousins hits the big bond to Stephon Diggs. So they got, like, the big plays. It just came down to execution at the end and just a, a terrible decision by him to throw that interception so really, you know, if you're Mike Zimmer, you got to, I guess, go back to the drawing board a little bit more and, and figure out how you can start out a little bit faster and have this team really finish strong. Those are two things that haven't happened the last couple of years. Well, they'll get, they get some chicken soup for the soul this coming week because they got the Raiders at home. But, uh, yeah, you know. that could be, uh, you know, a big surprise if they don't show up, but I, I certainly expect them to, to rebound this week. Yeah, definitely. But um, well, I was, I was, I'm glad you mentioned the refs, though. That that could be another contender for worse in the division, especially the refs and the Bears. Yeah, I'm with you. Because that was – yeah, they were just ridiculous. And, you know, the way that they asserted themselves at particular points in the game, the you know, the, the horrible rough in the passer calls on both sides of the ball you know it, it's Leonard Floyd tackling a running back I mean my goodness yeah yeah it's, it's, it's... Uh, it was so it was brutal I'm with you it you know really that Vikings game the Bears game it just was like a black mark almost on the NFL and they've got a real issue when it comes to those uh pass interference reviews there's no consistency there you know I'm just praying that one day the NFL will wake up and say, we need to put a bigger impetus on getting these officials to be correct more often. Yeah. Or have another, because I know there was some talk about, you know, uh, you know, cause you did some coverage over uh, the off season of the, uh, the AAF and they had their eye in the sky people uh, that they had. And, you know, I think that that's sort of, 
technology or innovation, you know, the NFL just seems to shirk to, to shirk that stuff, and they don't they don't they just try to get by with the same doing. You know, they 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 add all this all these additional rules, but they they don't add any sort of innovation to allow themselves to adapt to the rules and to make make them applicable to uh to the to the referees and make the referees better. You know, it's just the refs are just dealing with all this extra stuff that they have to look at or or adhere to and they're not raising themselves up to the game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm with you. Innovation, great word. They need some innovation for sure. Yeah. We're going to move over to the AFC right quick as we finish up the All-32 rundown. Uh, Kyle Means here, Ryan Bukovetsky, WeFootRadio.com for a meeting. Uh, we are, you know, giving you the give you our second rundown. Okay, I'm back. Okay. We're giving you our second rundown of the league here in week two. And uh, definitely – uh, you know, giving you uh, our thoughts on who's making moves, making positive moves, positive momentum in the second week, and uh, who's sort of stalling and who's, you know, maybe even making some steps back already that we can see. But uh, as we head to the AFC, and let's start in the West again, like we did with the NFC. Uh, you, let's start off with. Intra-division rivals, the Chiefs and the Raiders going at it. And the Raiders got up to a pretty surprising start in that game. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, uh, Mahomes just laid the hammer on them in the second half and, and for the rest of that game. And the Chiefs, uh, you know, only scored 28. It seemed like they scored a lot more than that. But uh, they put up some big numbers. Mahomes put up big numbers again, and they won that one 28-10 pretty easily. Out there in Oakland, uh, the Chargers. We already said they lost to the Lions in Detroit. Pretty disappointing after there for them. And uh, elsewhere, the uh, Broncos, of course, lost to the Bears. A very disappointing uh, effort for them. Uh, you know, I I would say well, maybe the effort wasn't as disappointing for the Broncos. You pretty much got what you would expect from them. But, you know, they still were able to, you know, seemingly steal the game. Uh, but, you know, in the end, it, that one second was all it took. And uh, they had a pretty disappointing uh, home opener for them. And they fall to 0-2. So they are the only 0-2 team in the division, Denver is. You know, Raiders and Chargers are both 1-1. One one. Chiefs are, of course, Two and zero, uh, and no Super Bowl contenders. There's really no, really no uh, understating that. But uh, Ryan, uh, what are your thoughts on the AFC West? Yeah, maybe uh, had the worst day out of everybody in Week Two, uh, yeah. out of all the divisions in football. Ugly day. Uh, Chiefs definitely the highlight by default, really, and it's not necessarily that uh, they don't deserve praise. Obviously, they do. 
Patrick Mahomes looks poised to have basically as good of a year as he did last year, unless something radically changes. And I don't see that coming. They've got a, a ton of weapons around him. So as long as they stay healthy, they should be solid on offense and defensively, they got a new scheme, some new players, but they're getting adjusted and they've, uh, you know, been solid enough the first couple weeks uh, and they might even get a little bit better as uh, the year goes on. But uh, right now uh, the chiefs just look like one of the best teams in football to me. And, and certainly with Patrick Mahomes leading the show, it's hard to, to look at them as anything less. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's crazy too. Like the, Send you no know, Raiders got off. Like I said, good start. Send old lead after one quarter, and the Chiefs just they did that sort of old school, you know. What it's depending on your generation, either the Bulls of the '90s or uh, the the current, you know, at least up to this year, current uh, go to State Warriors thing, where they just let you hang around for a little bit, and then they say, "Oh, okay, now it's time to play," and they just knock the hell out you for a quarter and, then, and just cruise the rest of the way, you know, but uh, that's, you got to figure like the, with the rest of the way that the rest, the way that the rest of that division is playing, that they may have a few more games like that in division, you know, uh, as, as the rest of the season plays out. Yeah. You know, I think the chiefs are going to be a little bit more tested this year because I think teams will have a little bit better of a handle of what they're trying to do. It's just going to be – doesn't matter because Patrick Mahomes is just too great. Yeah. So, uh, moving quickly, with the with the worst in the division, you know, is it Broncos are the worst team record-wise. You know, where we say that their performance is lesser than uh, the Raiders or the Chargers. I don't – I think it's close between them and the Chargers, but I'm going to go with the Chargers – for the Broncos, you know, that's a game that they pr- should have won after they got the two-point conversion, but they never should have won that game from any point beforehand. So yeah. really the fact that they competed and stayed in that game, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. And if anything, it was more of a disappointment that they lost to Oakland in week one. But for uh, the Chargers, I mean, their team that, you know, they have question marks because they've lost some guys already. They didn't have Melvin Gordon. They've lost Hunter Henry. Uh they have, you know, that classic injury woes. I don't know how good their offensive line is. It might be the weakest part of their team. And that's always concerning when you have a, a bad offensive line. You know, is Nick Bo- or I'm sorry, Joey Bosa going to be able to stay upright all year long? He's been a guy that's con- consistently battled uh, injuries. So I look at the Chargers. That was a big missed opportunity. I know that's maybe a tough place to go to and play. You're going from West Coast to East Coast time zone. And uh, you got to play against, a, a, you know, a team that really runs the ball well, that plays solid defense and has a quarterback that can make some plays. And, and they basically played that game. It was just a grind it out. And the Chargers just couldn't find a way to be explosive enough to win that game. And, uh, you know, they can't lose too many games because who knows how this AFC is going to shake out, but they're probably not going to win the division. And that only leaves two wild card spots. And who knows what teams will be threatening for those. Yeah, definitely. They they want to stay competitive. They can't lose too many games like they did, uh, you know, yesterday. But uh, I, I I'm going to agree with you there uh, with the Chargers. It's their team that 
you expect more of certainly than Denver. And Denver played in they played into a win that the Bears sort of let them have. But uh in the end they just they couldn't snatch it away. So, you know, uh you know, Denver still got a lot of ways to go. But uh let's go over to the north. Well, we talked about talked a bit about the North already because they had quite a few matchups with the AFC, NFC West, and uh, you know, mixed results. Ravens win again, uh, but they were you know more competitive, had more of a competitive fight from Arizona than uh, we would expect. Twenty three seventeen, Bengals got smacked around by the 49ers, 41-17 loss. Um, and uh, Steelers lose by two to the Seahawks, 28-26 there. And the Browns actually are the remaining team. They play tonight on Monday Night Football at the Jets. Now, the, now there's a chance that you know, if they lose to the Jets, that's going to be the worst. Yeah, that's the low light right now. I can yeah. tell you right now, if they lose tonight, that's the automatic low light. Yeah, so we, we can't say with complete certainty yet what the worst is. But you know, let's you know, let's just stick on the on the best with the division then since we still got that that little that last result dangling. Uh sure. and you can't really you know, is there anything else that we could say outside of the Ravens, actually? Because, you know, the bank like I say Bengals and Steelers both lost. Ravens were, you know, they they had to fight a bit, but you know, they still you know, when the game uh, Gave up three forty nine to Kyler Murray, and though, the, and like you said earlier, the the experiment out there in the desert is showing itself. It's showing it's showing some good results so far, but uh, that that offense, at least through the air, has been has been cra- uh, pretty crazy. But Lamar Jackson though has been very impressive as well. Uh, the uh, you know, there's been a little bit of argument this this online whether we should acknowledge. Uh, postseason or not, but apparently he's the only quarterback in regular season NFL play. Uh, Kaepernick actually did this in uh, in the postseason in his his big year leading 49ers to the NFC Championship. But uh, 272 through the air, Jackson had 120 rushing. Uh, big, big, big day for Lamar, so I'm giving him my best of the week in this division. And uh, two touchdowns as well throwing for Lamar, and uh, you know he's like I say he's uh he's the man right now when he's powering that Ravens offense, and the defense is still you know they they're doing enough again, and uh, you know I think we talked a little bit last week they may not be as potent as they've been in past years, but you know that you have to look at this team as the class of the North right now and definitely the most balanced yeah uh they're definitely my highlight of the week uh for the afc north uh if cleveland were to lose against the jets you know they might have the worst division out of everybody including uh, big ben's injury uh just really quickly for a potential low light um you know with the steelers i'm looking at them as as being in some serious trouble here because even though Mason Rudolph might come in and play well, they don't have the same caliber of weapons on the outside like they had when they had Antonio Brown and Juju. 
And so far, Juju Smith-Schuster has been somewhat taken away from the games. I and mean, he had a decent game against Seattle, but you're not seeing big-time production. They don't have a big-time tight end. Uh, you know, James Conner in that run game, even though that offensive line is really good, they have started out very slowly, and they aren't running the ball at all. And that defense for, you know, as solid as it, I guess, can be, they can be very susceptible, too, if that pass rush isn't getting home. And so I look at them as being in some serious trouble if they don't get things figured out right away. But definitely for Baltimore, you know, you've beaten the Dolphins, you've beaten the Cardinals. So what? You've played uh, your schedule and you've won those games. That's what's important. Now next week they get to go to Kansas City and play the Chiefs and really show what they're made of. And certainly they got to clean some things up. They can't uh, be an air raid uh, they can't allow an air raid on defense to Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray and then do the same against Patrick Mahomes and expect to win because that will not work out well. And, uh, you know, if Lamar Jackson can just keep playing the way that he's playing and, and certainly with Hollywood Brown on the outside with Mark Ingram running the ball, uh, you know, they look like a, a team that can be a serious threat if some things continue to come together. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yes. That's got to be one of the highlight games of next week, too, that uh, Ravens and Chiefs. That's going to be an early game. So, uh, you know, hopefully, maybe we could have to find some place to watch that if I don't, if we don't get it here in Chicago, definitely. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much pretty much it. I think I, you're definitely right to highlight the Steelers in regards to the, the worst of the week because, you know, it was a bad – Bad week for them. They still had a chance to pull out a win, but you know, looking forward to them for them, you know, it's they they may have some rough times ahead. So, uh, you know, we'll definitely uh, keep a keep an eye on those Steelers and uh, see how you know how far it goes down for them uh, as they wait to see what uh, Roethlisberger's status is going to. And 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 one last thing. Definitely think that they are way less equipped to handle the loss of their quarterback than the Saints. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Sure, sure. Yeah, you, the, I mean, the Saints have a a starter. He's, you know, Bridgewater's at least been a starter in the league. You know, he, you know, Randolph is a guy who has, has to prove himself completely over there in Pittsburgh. So, uh, yeah, definitely a, a lot to lot up in the air for the Steelers. Uh, Let's go over to the South. Uh, only two games to look at in the South because they, the whole division played each other this week. Colts edge out the Titans, nineteen seventeen. Texans uh, down the Jaguars, thirteen twelve. That's maybe not the most exciting games on the slate this week. Uh, we look at those two games. Uh, what comes out of them? You have the Texans at one and one. Uh, Jaguars are on two, and uh, both the Colts and Titans are one and one now. So uh, I don't know what, uh, what what are we looking at with this division right now, Ryan? Well, yeah, just sort of a, a sort of a mediocre start for the division. Nothing's really stood out in an overly positive way, besides maybe Deshaun Watson. He's probably been the best player in the the division. But uh, maybe close second, and my highlight of this week, probably the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they, they handled themselves well out in L.A. against the Chargers and barely lost that one. They have a big divisional game, and for them, especially without Andrew Luck, 
and not maybe having as much big play potential or being as good offensively, they need to win those divisional games to really have a chance to win the division because I think that that's their only real route to the playoffs. Maybe they could be a wild card team, but it's just going to depend on how things play out. And, and certainly for them, when teams get a little bit more film on Jacoby Brissett and what they're doing in that offense with him, I wonder if that maybe changes some things as they get more and more accustomed to what the Colts are really going to try to do with Brissett versus Andrew Luck. So uh, I'll give them the highlight, you know, big time victory over the Titans who came off a huge victory over the Browns. So uh, a good bounce back for them. And they're uh, in prime position right now to uh, win the division being tied for first. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was, you know, I, I said before, I'm rooting for the Colts this year. I'm rooting for Jacoby Brissett. So it's good to see that they were able to pull out a win. Uh in week two and uh, you know, shake off the close loss that they had against the Chargers week one. So you know, that could that could very well be a 2-0 team. But, you know, as it is, they're 1-1, one and they got, you know, some, pos- some positive to come out of this week. But uh, I, I think with my with my best and the worst, I'm not – I'm being a little facetious here because I'm not – like I said, this, this division isn't worth much of a, uh, you know, in-depth conversation here. But my best – is I'm gonna keep it both with the Jaguars. My best of the week is Gardner Minshew and his whole uh, his whole steez, as we used to say back in the '90s, and his mustache in particular. I would say that's the best of the division. <laughs> I like even it, though, even though it didn't get them to win. This hey, week. he's been playing okay for a guy that just had to be thrown in on the spot. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. And it, the look it, helps. The look helps. Right, right. He, he may be doing this year what, uh, even though even though the numbers aren't matching, but a little bit of what uh, uh, the uh, Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick did last year when he got his shot with uh, Tampa Bay. You know, you know, swagging it out a little bit. But you know, uh, that's my best and my worst is is Barone for thinking that he was gonna do anything with uh, with with my man uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, yesterday, like you know, you need to you need to just go chill out and focus on on how you were losing that game because you know I mean Ramsey might not have been helping the, the, the situation, but you know trying to check him wasn't, wasn't going to do anything for you there. So that's my worst division there, and the Jaguars are just looking like they're back to being the Jaguars. So. Yeah. Uh... Hard to argue with you on your best and worst. Uh, Jags argue are the worst. Um, I'm going to throw in just uh, another name into the hat. I'm going to throw in the Titans. I mean, talk about a total letdown. You get this big-time victory where everyone thought the Browns were going to come out 1-0. Everybody's been saying how the Titans might finish last in this division. And then you just completely lay an egg, really, against the Indianapolis Colts and just started to look like the Titans again. Right, yeah. Yeah, I wonder what Delaney Walker was saying after this game about being disrespected and stuff. Well, I hope it was we're a 500 team because that's who we are. Right, that's yeah, that's who they are. That's their crown their asses. Right. I want to see. And, 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 oh, and that's, that's probably – that's another contender for worse than the division, their field being set on fire. Oh, you boy, know? yeah. 
what was that? <laughs> talk, talk about a like there was a lot of random things that happened this Sunday that you just like never see. Uh, very, yeah. very, very strange, and that has got to be right at the top of the list. Yeah, and they were and they were saluting uh, McNair this week too, man. That's like, man, mm. like you, can't, you yeah. can't mess that one up. You know what? I'm a, I'm changing up. That's my worst of the week. You you saluted McNair, and I think they were saluting George too. Oh, they were tied numbers, and they and they lose this game like that. And the, yeah, the Titans that that's not showing much pride at all. You know, that's my real worst of the week in the division. Uh, the Titans, man, they they got you got to straighten up. I'm with you. But uh, as we wrap this up this week, uh, all 32 lookers uh, look at the AFC East, and uh, yeah, you know, starting off. The Patriots, of course, just, you know, going wild. There's no stopping them. Definitely, I would think, in this division, at least. Uh, they, what was it? What was their final against Miami? 43-0. I mean, what else can you say about that? The Dolphins are likely pretty much the worst team in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Patriots are, you know, you got to say they're the best. So that, that game pretty much played out the way to expect. Uh, elsewhere, we talked earlier about the Bills beating out the Giants 28-14. And the Jets, uh, of course, have the uh, Monday night game against the Browns. They're, they're um, you know, they're, I guess they're trying to figure out how their quarterback got the kissing disease. You know, they're just figuring out all type of stuff there in New York, but you know, uh, you know, it, it I don't, they, they don't really figure much in the way. Yeah, I, I don't think they can be the highlight or the low light. Yeah, yeah. So we we can just set them aside. You know, Bill. You know, uh, I say Bills two and zero, so they're a pretty good start for them. They another team that has played the teams that they've been scheduled and they've taken advantage. And uh, but the Patriots, I mean, how how can you overlook the Patriots for anything? They uh, incorporated Antonio Brown, um, in spite of all the controversy, it's incorporated him into the team this this week. He leads the team in uh, receptions and uh, tied for receptions with Edelman and yards, which was only fifty six. But they got the job done. They, a lot of guys caught the ball this week for them. And uh, Brown got the end zone as well, which I'm sure made him happy. And uh, yes, you know what? What can we say about the East right now, except this New England's division? Yeah, uh, I guess you got to go with New England for the highlight. I mean, you get the boost from Antonio Brown, and you just absolutely show up in a place that they struggle to play a lot, and they just made sure that nobody even had to question what they're doing. Uh, they don't look like their normal selves when they're taking the first four weeks of the season off. It looks like they're ready to go. But uh, I want to also shout out the Bills because I think the Bills, you know, they're not going to win this division, but they are going to be, I think, in the wild card race because I, I do think that they're a little bit better team than maybe teams are, or people are giving them credit. I think they got a solid enough defense and a good enough offense that the mixture of the two could result in a, a really solid season, maybe get into like 10 and six or something like that. If everything works out correctly for them. Um, certainly they're a team that could easily fall to a 500, eight and eight, but at least they've gotten up to a really good start. 
and uh, you know won that game handily against the Giants. Which you know, if you're going to be a good team, that that's the kind of stuff you got to do. You got to beat down on teams like the Giants. I know they got Saquon Barkley, but you put nine guys in the box and say Eli beat us. I mean, you got to find a way to get past the Giants if you are any type type of team that's competing for something grander than just finishing the season. And, uh, you know, for the low light, it's got to be the Dolphins. You know, I said that the Jets can't factor in this because even if they won tonight and beat the Browns, you know, that's just a great win in its one week. And I think that there's enough good elsewhere that it really doesn't matter. And if they lose, they're expected to lose. So it really doesn't matter one way or the other with the Jets. They're just kind of in a standstill to till Sam Darnold gets back because they just don't have enough talent, I don't think, to to win games without their quarterback being one of their best players. So if he's not back to like week 10, I think it's going to be a real slog and struggle for that Jets team. And for the Dolphins, you know, they've got to, they're my low light just because they've got to be a little bit better than this. I mean, this is looking like they're going to go 0-16 easy. And I don't think I've seen that. I guess maybe the Browns when they went 0-16, that, that looked easy for the most part. But it doesn't even look like they can win a game, let alone compete in one. Uh, it's it just it's it's crazy to see how far this team's fallen. They're probably going to trade away more players. I mean, it just uh just kind of as a, a non fan of the the Dolphins, I feel bad for their fan base and for all those people rooting for them. It, it just it's got to be one of the most defeating feelings right now. Yeah, I mean, why would you even be? A- what reason do you have to be a Dolphins fan right now? Definitely. Uh, I feel bad for those people that are like, you know, some of us that, you know, you just grew up in Miami and we're a huge Finns fan. Maybe you saw a little bit of Dan Marino. So it was just all totally etched in you that you are a Dolphins fan. Then you see this I just after, yeah. ugh, 80s yeah, and 90s glory, I guess. Right. It's one of those instances where, yeah, you, you were once great franchise and you, you engendered a lot of fan. Uh, loyalty and you know you just wasted it you know pretty much down to everything at this point you know it's, it's really bad position you got to feel bad for the people in South Florida and people you know, across the country who've made been rooting for the Dolphins going back to that time and maybe even before then you know but, uh, you know we got we'll see how that how that plays out if they're going to be the next 0-16 team or what Patriots may not be a 16 and 0 team, but they may come close to it as close as anyone in the in the in the league. And uh in two weeks they'll be matched up with the Bills in Buffalo. So that'll be a pretty interesting uh pretty interesting game there Buffalo this week. Um let me see they got the Bengals at home. So Bills may get very easily be an undefeated team. Yeah, they can uh, go four and oh. Yeah. And, that, uh, uh, Kyle, just when you pointed out the 16 and 0 for the Patriots, I heard on Sports Radio today. Great question. What's more likely to happen? Dolphins go 0 and 16, or Patriots go 16 and 0? Hmm. I would say the. What well, I would say the uh, Dolphins. I uh, think give, so too. Yeah. It typically. I mean, it, but it, even it, you know when teams go 0 and 16, even that Browns team, you just figure there's going to be one Sunday where the ball is going to bounce your way, and you're going to be playing a mediocre enough team because it's not like this was a first place team that's playing a first place schedule. They're playing sure. a last place schedule. It, it just, but the way that they played, you just can't even imagine that they win a game. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely hard to go on sixteen. I would say it's a little harder to go sixteen and zero, but it's definitely hard to go on sixteen. And you know, but when you look at a team like say you look at a team like the Dolphins, they're set up personnel wise where it's just such a lack of of obvious talent there. The coaching, you're dealing with a rookie coach. I mean, it, it seemed like they're set up in in the the right slash wrong ways to lose all their games this year. Their their franchise, we've been we've been looking at it for months, going and going back into the the uh, off season. It's a team that is setting itself up for a top pick in 2020. Whether they want to get a quarterback with it, you know the the Tua out of Alabama or the or the Clemson kid, or if he's going to be available, I don't know who's going to be, but. They're looking for another franchise player, and the best way they're going to get that is by being a top five uh, uh, draft team, and they're uh, definitely on their way to that at least. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be tanking for Tua or tanking for Lawrence uh, the following year if uh, they don't uh, decide Tua this year. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they're set up for a lot of losing. They, they can lose as much as they want right now. It, I mean, they're talking about trading away Minka Fitzpatrick. He's in the same draft class as Roquan Smith. I mean, you're not trying to get rid of players that are in the top 10 or top 15 of the draft uh, unless you're just – you know that they can't play, and he certainly has shown that he can play. So it just shows you the state that they're in. The, they're in complete let's wash and purge this thing, just collect assets, and we'll do the Cleveland Browns style. Exactly. The fact that people can even take – stories like that seriously with them it, it shows you just the type of state that that franchise is in so uh definitely rough for rough going for uh, miami right now but uh we're doing pretty good i would think and we got ourselves to another week of the nfl the all 32 podcast kyle means ryan bukovetsky uh definitely thank you guys for listening and uh you know share us you know, rate us well on Apple and all the other podcast platforms. Uh, if you uh, you know see us out there, and you know just uh, shout us out, give us a uh, you know show us some love, we'll show it right back. Uh, you know hashtag us all thirty two. Uh, let's do all thirty two war, so it could be uh, specific to us. Mm. And, you know that will be the hashtag for any conversation online, and um. You know, hopefully, we, uh, you know, you'll come back next week and listen to us, and we'll uh, have the same rundown for you for next week. And uh, definitely, uh, I guess because the Bears will be on Monday, we'll do more of a preview thing, uh, probably uh, attached to the to the All Thirty Two recap. We'll preview the Bears uh, going into Monday night as well, so we'll have a little extra thing next week, All Thirty Two. But um, uh, yeah, Ryan. I guess before we head out, man, just let us know a little bit about what's going on on Dean Davis this week. Um, well, you might have to edit this out because we may not have a show. I'm still working with the guys because D actually had uh something come up. He was eating popcorn and got a gum abscess. I guess like a, a kernel got stuck in his teeth and he had, he couldn't even open his mouth and he went to the dentist today and they put him on some antibiotics. So I'm not sure if he can go and Ken didn't give me a solid answer. If he's going to go 
if D can't do it. So I'm not sure yet. But if I we want, do, I'd like to hear a show with D on Goofy Gas. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I have to have the M button ready for Adobe Audition every five seconds, knowing him. Well, uh, well, we might not get D Davis this week, unfortunately, but. Uh, you could if you if you don't get new Dean Davis, listen to some old Dean Davis on here on uh, Warren Anchor or on uh, Dean Davis SoundCloud. You know, you can always listen to uh, all of our great shows from the past at your leisure. And make but, sure uh, you tune in for our NFL picks, Kyle. Right now, you and I are in first place, I believe, with one more game still. But we picked the same team, so no matter what, we're going to end up tied for first right now. I know that's just steam and has Ken steam, doesn't <laughs> I think uh, it hasn't quite hit him in that way. I, uh, he seems like defeated almost a little bit. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get back with you guys soon. We gotta, gotta talk over the talk. I gotta do the picks in person one week coming up soon. But uh, yeah, that's that's definitely the type of stuff you get with the guys. We all like having fun. This is. Again, one of the best times of the year. We all love football and love competing over stuff like the picks. So definitely, uh, it'll, it'll definitely get more personal and more competitive as the season goes forward. But for now, we're just cooling. Uh, again, this is the All Thirty Two podcast. Kyle Means, Ryan Bukovetsky signing off. Uh, hope you enjoy your week, everybody. Get through the week fun, uh, fine, and uh, enjoy some more football at the end of the week. But uh, before the end of the week, though, uh, 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 make sure to look out for the next Bears Necessities podcast, Bear Necessities podcast, uh, that'll come later this week again here on on Anchor. So uh, definitely, uh, uh, I say just keep up with us, and uh, we've got more in store for you, more good stuff. But uh, for Ryan, this is Kyle signing off, and uh, stay positive and keep building.